Amen. Thank you so much. You may be seated. Thank you, Pastor Danny, for that introduction. I'm really excited to be here today amongst you, uh, coming here for the morning session. Thank you so much for taking the time and the sacrifice to be here. And I know it's not easy. And um, I celebrate with you our one-year anniversary. I am so, so excited about all that God's done here in Remnant Church of Whittier. I've just been so blessed to be a part of this journey and to co-labor along each and every one of you. And so I'm uh, just humbled to be here this morning to be speaking on the topic of worship. And um, I grew up in the church, as Pastor Danny was mentioning, and I've been in the fellowship for close over 30 years. So I was a very young kid when I came in, and I started playing an instrument, a guitar, at a very young age. And uh, so I've been a part of music and bands and worship teams for three decades. And so within that time frame, music has changed, styles have changed, the times have changed, society's changing as we speak. But there's one thing that hasn't changed, and that's who God is. Jesus has been the same yesterday, today, and forever. And so because of that, we are so excited that we can come and we can worship the true Father that never changes. His love for you and I never changes. His love for this world and the people of this world, those that are lost, those that are backslidden, he has the same love that he had when he created this earth, when he sent down his son Jesus to die on the cross for you and I. And so here as believers in Christ, we are so privileged that we can continue to come and gather corporately and worship him. And so... I'm going to explain a little bit further and dive in into worship and what integrity in worship means. And that's the title of today's morning message is integrity in worship. And so what does it mean to have integrity? It can be described as a quality of being honest and having strong moral principles or a moral uprightness. But can we agree that in today's society, the topic of integrity is one that's being watered down? Whether it be public figures, whether it be church figures, whether it be folks that have just let us down all because of moral failures, all because they've let, they've lied to, their, to the people that, their constituents, the people that uh, they lead. And so because of that, we live in a society where Christians and even non-believers are all the more critical of people and leadership. And so when it comes to the topic of worship, we want to make sure that the worship that we have, the worship that we contend for before our Father, that it's one that is pure, one that is humble, one that is honest. And so that's why we're going to be speaking about this morning integrity in worship. You know, worship goes beyond the worship and praise setting. I've been a part of music for 30 years, and I am... It's been such an amazing journey, and I love it. It's, it's, it's what excites me to be able to uh, be up with the team and be able to minister. And to me, that's my devotion before fa my father, and that's a personal devotion and exchange that I have with him that I can come and, and just give back to God what he's given back to me. And so in that, I have to remind myself that past that worship experience, those 35 minutes of worship or Maybe it's a worship night and that one hour point, 15, uh, you know, minutes, you know, it goes beyond that. That worship, our devotion before our Father and worshiping Him does not stop right there. 
I know we give it our all during that time frame, but it has to continue past that worship setting. So I want to look at very quickly here the book of Romans chapter 12, verse 1 through 2. We're going to look at what worship should look like, and that's a living sacrifice. Romans 12, 1, 2 says, I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. Let's bow our heads. Heavenly Father, we thank you, my God, as we celebrate, as we thank you, a one-year anniversary of the demonstration of your outpouring of your love upon this church, upon those that have co-labored with us. Father, we thank you. I pray right now, Father God, as we tackle this issue, Father God, of integrity, Father God, and how we worship you and how we serve you and how we live our lives, that you, Father God, would bring revelation through your holy word and direction and growth, Father God. And you open up our hearts so that we can hear and we can learn and we can follow what you have to say. In the mighty name of Jesus, amen. You know, here we see an example of what it looks like to live a life of worship. A living sacrifice. What does it mean to sacrifice? It means that you're setting yourself apart, doing without that you're making sacrifices because you know that there's things that are going to hold you back and slow you down. And so what is holy and acceptable? Let's ask ourselves that question. What kind of worship does the Father want? You know, we're not to be conformed to this world. That means that you and I, that we take a stand. That means that you and I, as we go about our daily lives, whether it be at work, school, home, wherever you may be, the encounters you have in public, that it doesn't end right there, that you are actually taking a stand against what is wrong and the lies of the enemy. And because we are so bombarded by the things of this world and the compromises that come through society, it, it attacks our very faith. And right now we're at a point where as believers and Christians, we need to take a stand. We need to take a stand for what we believe in. And we this is not a time for us to shy away and be ashamed and just lock ourselves away in a closet. This is a time that we should live boldly before God. And so because of that, Romans 12.1 petitions us that we present our bodies as a living sacrifice. That means the things that influence you. That means the things that attack your mind. This is the spiritual warfare that we face every day. That means that you're sound, that you're reading your word, you're praying, you're seeking God, you're worshiping him beyond the worship setting here at church. You're moving on in your everyday life and routine and whatever that case may be for you. And you're bringing worship and praise by how you live your life. How you live your life. So the renewal of the mind. The renewal of the mind. That means constantly we have to seek to learn. Constantly we have to seek to read our word and decipher and discern and gather from the Holy Spirit direction and guidance as to what the right course of decision making should be for those things that come before us where we need to make a decision, sometimes a hard decision. And recently I've been faced with certain decisions where in my 30-year career I've had to finally put my foot down in certain areas of my life where I say I'm not going to be compromised. 
by what this world, why this society is trying to impose on me and my beliefs. And that's a very scary thing. And I've had these discussions recently with my wife. It's like, honey, I've never faced this before. This is something that we have to make a decision on. We have to take a stand. Where are we on this? And so we pray about it. We read our word. We speak with our counsel. We speak with our pastors. Like, you know, these are the things and, and challenges that we face. But do we shy away? Do we cower away? Because the influence of this world and the, the loud voice that's out there is so strong that it can overwhelm us. And it could stress us out. And so we need to be absolutely firm in our faith, knowing that God is with us, confident that God is walking with us. He is carrying us through any challenge, any decision that you face. That's presenting our bodies as a living sacrifice and discernment in the will of God. That's the Holy Spirit will give you that discernment. You know, you ever meet an individual who's saying, I don't know what God has for me. You know, that used to be me many years ago. I don't know what the will of God is for me. I remember being in a worship setting, and we had a, a, a line of pastors that were in this environment, in this setting that we had at a church, and they were, like, praying for us. And I remember one pastor, he's like, and it was actually your father. And, you know, he's like, what do you want me to pray for? And I'm like, I'm like, well, I just want to know what God's will is for my life. And my wife is standing right behind me, right next to me. I'm like, I just want to know what God's will is for my life. And you know what he said? I've never shared this publicly. He says, you need to realize that you are married to the daughter of the king. And until you learn how to treat her as such, God will reveal his will for your life. Groundbreaking. I've never even been able to share that publicly, but my wife knew about that. And I was like, whoa, repentant heart, like, God, help me. And so when we speak about discernment and the will of God, it was something that, to me, it's like we have to continue to seek God's direction for our lives. How are we supposed to live a living sacrifice if we're not hearing from the Lord, if we're not learning, if we're not coming into these environments where we can continue to grow and co-labor with one another. Holy and acceptable. So let's go on real quickly. Everyday life, worship, integrity and worship. What does it look like in your everyday life? Worship and lifestyle. So that's in your daily routine. You know, I drop off the kids in the morning. I pick up the kids in the afternoon. I drop them off to practice. And in between all of what I just mentioned, about two to three hours of doing that on a daily basis, you know what can happen? Somebody can cut you off. Somebody can take your parking spot. Right, Pastor Danny? We talked about that recently. Somebody can really put you to the test and just test your conduct, right? Like, just like nobody, you're not around, you're not there, you don't see how I behave away from here, right? You're probably thinking like, oh, he behaves a certain way everywhere he goes. But we're really put to the test. So everyday life. So do I worship my father in such a way that is holy and acceptable when I go and drop off my kids? That's the challenge. Like how I behave. When I go to work, when somebody gets under my skin, when I go and I'm dealing with somebody and there's difficulty there and frustration there, and I can have every reason in the world to get angry and get bitter, but realizing that God wants me to continue to present my body, my life as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable. 
And so worship should continue to be demonstrated through the course of our day in everyday life. So number two, worship in public. So that includes going to school, that includes going to work, that includes in whatever your profession might be or whatever your responsibilities are. Your worship continues. And so many times you may be like, and the way I was, was like, oh, I never have time to worship. I'm always so busy. I never have time to pray. I never have time to read my word. But you know what? We can find time. We can be in the car, we can be on the bus, we can be on our bike, whatever we may be. We can put on that word, we can listen to that music, and we can just create and cultivate an environment, an atmosphere where we are receiving, we are worshiping for the Father. And so that should be an everyday goal for our life. Continue to worship, continue to be pure, pure in heart, continue to have integrity. That means that we are seeking to be upright. We're seeking righteousness. We're seeking something that's pure. And so that is what God will honor in our life. Number three, worshiping in private. You're at home. We can have a number, number of things that we can do while we're at home. We can have a a, a to-do list. We can have, res, you know, errands that we got to do. We can have, you know, we maybe you're like me. Sometimes you get home and you just zone out and all you want to do is just like sit on the couch or lay on the bed and maybe throw on some Netflix and that's about it. You know, you just don't bother me, you know. And so that's fine, but we can't negate the fact that worship continues in private. And so I just remind you that Worship is a personal, personal transaction between you and the Lord. So whether you're in public, whether it's through your lifestyle, whether it's at home, it continues. It should continue, should continue to flow out of us to the Lord. Moving on, what hinders our worship? Think about it. Ask yourself that. What is hindering your worship to God or if anything, compromising the integrity of the worship. Number one, distractions in life. Trials come. Obstacles come. When you're going through the fire, and we've all been through the fire, can we say amen? We've been through the fire. Maybe you're going through the fire, or you've been through the fire. That is the hardest time to say, I'm going to lift my hands. I'm going to just focus on you. And I'm going to bring praise to you and thank you. Because you may say, I may say, what do I have to be thankful for? I'm going through this challenge. Obstacles are coming against me. There's been phases and seasons in my life where I've been through certain things where I'm thinking, and, and, and I can fall into this, you know, kind of like this pity party for myself. We're thinking, God, why is everybody attacking me? God, why is all this opposition coming against me? God, why, why, why? And I can say that right now, but when I'm going through it, I really mean it. Like, when I'm going through it, I'm really crying out, like, God, why? Like, seriously, like, what did I do? But let me tell you something. That during that time, during that season, what I've learned, if we continue to give praise, if we continue to give thanks, if we continue to honor our Father and worship Him pure heart, with a pure mind, understanding that 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 fire we're going through, it's only temporal. It's only for a season. Just for a moment. It may not seem like it at the time, but it's just for a moment. Take away that distraction in your life and allow yourself to grow during that time and continue to honor God. 
Distractions in life can be a busy lifestyle. I was speaking with the pastor earlier before service and he's asking how things are going here. And we're kind of acknowledging like life's busy, like a lot of things going on, right? Like, oh, we have a busy calendar here at Remnant Church of Whittier. We have a busy next month, busy next month. This last 12 months was all about what's going on next month. Like, that's what it was about. And those are all great, great things. Amazing things that we contend for, plan for, work corporately to address and attend to and meet the needs of this community and the church. Those are all amazing things. But within that busy season, within that busy life can easily fall into distracting us from still worshiping our Father freely, without hindrance. Luke 10, 38, if you can turn our Bibles there, if you have them. Luke 10, 38 through 42, we see the story of Martha and Mary, a familiar story, portion of Scripture. It says, now, as they went on their way, Jesus entered a village, and a woman named Martha welcomed him into her house. And she had a sister called Mary, who sat at the Lord's feet and listened to his teaching. But Martha was distracted with much serving and she went up to him and said, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to serve alone? Tell her then to help me. That's like you and I saying, God, don't you know that I'm the busiest one up here doing everything? And like, I'm the one putting all this together and, and this and that. But look at God, what, what's up with that guy? Like, do something with him. Like, talk to him. How many of us can fall into that trap? And so moving on, verse 41, but then the Lord answered, Martha, Martha, you are anxious and troubled about many things. But one thing is necessary. Mary has chosen the good portion, which will not be taken away from her. And here we see a demonstration of true worship. Martha thought through her busyness, Moving, 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 moving. Even before Jesus himself demonstrating. Look how busy I am, Father. Look all that I do for you. Did you see my resume? Did you see what I put on my account? Like, I'm doing a lot. He's like, slow down. You worry too much. And that's our challenge, right? Because we're predisposed. We're human beings. Like, we have these things we go through. We can get anxiety. We can kind of get overwhelmed. And, you know, all in the name of in Christianity and serving God, we can easily fall into this trap where, you know, we're justifying to ourselves why we need to be busy, why we need to stay busy. And that's all great and everything. But let me remind you of something that when you take time to worship, when you take time to slow down, this is where everybody comes together to get the mission accomplished. So you don't have to do it all by yourself. And if you find yourself there and you are because there's people not serving, continue to trust God and continue to remain faithful, but don't let it hinder your true worship before the Father. What hinders our worship? Point number two, not feeling worthy. And I can be speaking to the new believer. You're coming in and you don't feel like you're qualified. You don't feel like you're qualified to raise your hands. You don't feel like you're qualified to worship him freely. But I also speak to the believer where because of offenses that have taken place in your life, because of distractions that have taken place, because of things that have taken your attention away from the Lord. Sometimes we carry the past weight of our mistakes. And sometimes that prevents us from doing this before God. And 
those are true, true moments where we should be reminded that God loves you regardless of what your past is. God loves you regardless of what you've done. All he asks is that you surrender to him. All he asks is that you give him your full devotion, your full attention. And in that process of worshiping him freely, that's where God moves. That's where God touches you. That's where God does something special. Number three, hindrances from worship, focusing on superficial things. I might be treading on some water here. But in my, in my experience, we went through seasons where our focus was, yes, the worship experience. But attempting to cultivate an atmosphere amongst ourselves so that that experience appears to be what it is. And so in that, the lights had to be right. The backdrop had to be proper. The trend had to be set. And let me tell you something, being a part of these experiences, the intent was honest. The intent was pure. Because we want to stay relevant. Because we wanted to be relevant. We didn't want to be one of those statistics that was named as a dying church. Because we wanted to make sure that a younger generation caught the fire. And you know what? We did. We did. But through that, there's a fine line where it can easily be distracted that, well... No, move that light over there, move this thing over here, do this right there, and you didn't wear the right shirt today because everybody's supposed to be wearing this right shirt. And I remember being in that season and thinking, mm, okay, all right, we're moving. But honestly, at times, it could have distracted us because God wants you to f freely worship him, purely it doesn't matter what you look like. It doesn't matter what your setting is. Let me tell you something right now. Our missions that we have focused out in Africa and other churches, they're not worried about that. You know what they're worried about? They're worried about worshiping the Father freely. Why? Because they can. Because there's liberty in that. And so our society has imposed on us this set of rules, this set of like standards, this environment that we feel we need to cultivate, but that's superficial. So be very careful. It doesn't mean that we don't give God the best. It doesn't mean that we don't do our best. If you see this facility and you've seen what it looked like a year ago, you would have not recognized it. So I don't want you to misunderstand me when I say that we don't give God our best and we don't prepare our facility for our Father. But we cannot get lost in the superficial. We need to remain pure before the Lord. Thank you, Pastor Daniel. Amen. Very quickly, character of worship. The character of worship is a heart of humility. We cannot come into this environment of worshiping him and being arrogant and being full of pride, of establishing our position in the kingdom and thinking that that's going to override, put us in a better position before the Father. We know that's not true. Number two, a mind of peace. Regardless of what's taking place in your life, the challenges, the obstacles, the blessings, we still worship him with our full devotion and attention. Number three, a soul of purity. A soul of purity. Every moment we have an opportunity to repent, to renew our mind, to ask for forgiveness of the offenses we commit 
and those that commit offenses towards us and those that hinder those things that hinder us from worshiping the Father freely and purely. So a heart of humility, a mind of peace, and a soul of purity. Integrity in our worship should result in freedom and liberty as we worship God, our Father, with our lives. I've spoken recently to some of our worship leaders, and we're talking about just what we contend for collaboratively in the worship setting. And that's making sure that there's liberty in the worship. Liberty in the worship comes by us taking away the distractions, taking away the hindrances, taking away the things that don't matter, but making sure that what we give and what we devote before the Lord is pure. And in that, we've experienced, we've discussed that, we've been able to contend and experience freedom and liberty in our worship. Have you ever felt constricted in your ability to worship? We should ask, what has hindered that process? What has restricted us? Because there should be freedom in worshiping him. There should be joy. There should be an excitement. It doesn't matter where you are, what you look like, what you dress like. It does not matter. You should be thankful for being a, fa- a son, a daughter of the king. And we should worship the king as such. In 2006, my father got sick with a stroke. And I remember he was in the hospital, and I remember like thinking, like, oh my gosh, my dad might pass away. So 2006, I've been in the church, grew up in the church, got married in the church. My kids are growing up in the church. And up until that point, I've yet to have a true encounter with the Father. Right around that time, thankfully, my father pulled through. And I remember having just conversations with God, thinking like, God, what am I doing with my life? You ever ask yourself that? And I remember thinking, do I know you? Have I encountered you? You know, you hear these words and terminologies about, I had a, have an encounter with Jesus and the experience. And at that time, a good friend of mine reached out to me. He had no idea what was taking place, and he was assembling a collaborative worship team amongst our fellowship. A good friend by the name of Aldo Linares. And I remember he reached out to me. I remember he had this zeal, and he had this vision for contending for a collaborative worship team. And I remember thinking he reached out to me to see if I can help out with it. I remember thinking, so, like at that time, so far from God, like so far in closeness before the Lord, I'm thinking, why in the Lord? Why, why are you asking me? And I remember I said yes. And at the time, I asked my pastor, and he was really gracious. He says, "Go for it." And I remember being in that setting, and I remember being in those developing these friendships amongst this team. And I remember getting to a point where we were having these worship nights, and I broke. And by breaking, I mean like spiritually I broke before the Lord. Because I was tired of not knowing God. I was tired of playing a guitar and not really understanding what it was to experience worship with the Father. And when he broke me, something changed. I can't explain it. Something changed to this day. 
And so my question to you is, have you had your encounter with the Lord? It takes you to come to a place and position in your life where you're going to just surrender everything. You've got nothing to lose, but everything to gain. And remember in that, it changed me. I went to my wife. I'm like, honey, I don't know what to say. I'm, I feel like something changed in me. And I remember we went through that season, a number of seasons. We contended for a move of God within our young adults, and we saw it happen. And those friendships I still hold to this day very dear to my heart, whether they're a part of this particular fellowship or not. And I appreciate those friendships. I can still say I call them friends. Why? Because we all collaborated. We all contended for one thing. That was to worship the Father with integrity. And so now I get to experience my children and my daughters learning how to play an instrument, worshiping the Father, my wife working with the girls and singing and teaching them how to lead worship. And that, to me, is the icing on the cake. And so I say that to say, Integrity in our worship is so important. Keep it pure. Keep away the distractions. Keep your intent pure before the Lord. We've all made mistakes. Even in the ministry, we've fallen short because we think certain things are important. But all that matters is that when you bring your devotion, your attention before the Lord, in any setting, in any environment, public, in the church, or at home, we still give him everything that we have with our lives and how we live and we conduct our lives. Thank you so much for your time. God bless you.